Michael Vannin, and welcome to episode 5 of Second Breakfast, discussing Middle-earth. Last week, we discussed the eclectic and often overlooked character, Tom Bombadil. It's definitely an eye-opener how deep and mysterious and controversial this character really is. So if you haven't listened yet, make sure you do so. The theories behind uh, Bombadil and who he actually might be will probably surprise you. And another plug here regarding the Second Breakfast Facebook page and group. If you like what you hear and want to even be part of the discussion, go like the Facebook page and join the group. I'd love to keep the group growing so we can get more tokens throughout the week, more than just on Mondays. And we can keep this discussion going and I can get more of your input and ideas. This week is going to be a fun one. Today we are discussing Aragorn pre-Lord of the Rings. Basically, his life up until he meets the four hobbits on their journey. The movies give some glimpses into his past, mostly revolving around the fact that he's a ranger of the mysterious Dúnedain group, and that he is the heir of Isildur, and therefore the rightful king to Gondor. Yet there is so much more to Aragorn's past than just those facts. So let's get into the specifics of those points, and many of the other events of his life that the movies don't tell the whole truth of or forego completely. Let's start at the beginning with his birth. First, I'd like to mention that the Aragorn we know and love is actually Aragorn II. He was the son of Arathorn II and Gilrean. Aragorn was born in the line of kings of Numenor. His father and fathers thereafter descended from Isildur and Elendil, Numenorians who themselves descended from Elros, an elf who was given the choice between living forever as an elf or as a man. He chose mankind, and by doing so, he remained mortal, but his lifespan was greatly increased. From him descended the Numenorian race, who kept the longer lifespan, from which the Dúnedain had come. If you remember from our episode on the Kingdom of Arnor, Elendil ruled over the kingdoms in exile, meaning both the kingdoms of Gondor in the south and Arnor in the north. His son Isildur was the last king that ruled over both Gondor and Arnor. After Isildur's death, the kingdoms split apart, his son Valendil ruling over Arnor alone. The royal line passed down from him and was kept alive all the way to Aragorn II when he was born. Though at that point in history, the heirs of Isildur did not call themselves kings, but simply chieftains of the Dúnedain, because the Dúnedain population was not that large, and they lived as wandering rangers, protecting the northwest of Middle-earth. Anyway, when Aragorn was only two years old, his father Arathorn was killed by orcs. Aragorn was then housed and kept safe in Rivendell by Elrond, who kept Aragorn's identity secret. This was to protect the line of kings. There, he was named Estelle, which translated means hope. While he was in Rivendell, he learned how to speak Elvish and was taught how to fight and journey with Elrond and his sons Eladan and Elrohir. It wasn't until Aragorn was 21 that Elrond revealed to Aragorn his identity and gave him the heirlooms of his ancestry, the Ring of Barahir and the Shards of Narsil which was Elendil's sword that cut the One Ring from Sauron's hand. However, he kept the scepter of Anuminas, the heirloom that the High King of Arnor laid claim to, until Aragorn was indeed king. 
It was also around this time when Arwen and Aragorn fell in love, after she returned from a stay in Lorien with Galadriel. When Aragorn learned of his ancestry, he left Rivendell and took command of the Dúnedain as their chieftain, now taking up his real name. It only took a few years as chieftain before he met and befriended Gandalf the Grey, who at the time was gathering news of Sauron, known as the Necromancer. Gandalf advised Aragorn to set a close watch upon the Shire and the surrounding lands, where he became known as Strider. However, even though he took up the position of chieftain, he did not spend all of his time in the northwest with the Dúnedain. He actually spent some time both in Rohan and Gondor serving in their armies. There he took up the name Thorongil. In Rohan, not much is said of his deeds. He served and fought under King Thengel, who was Theoden's father. And of course, this is touched upon in the Two Towers movie, when Eowyn discusses it with Aragorn, learns his true age, and that he is one of the Dúnedain. Yet more was said about Aragorn while he served in Gondor, under the steward at the time, Echthelion II, who was Lord Denethor's father. Echthelion was known for enlisting strong and worthy men into Gondor's service. Aragorn, still here known as Thorangil, was one of these men, and he eventually became to be one of Echthelion's greatest advisors, most notably when he warned the steward about their enemies, the Corsairs of Umbar. Umbar was an old Numenorean settlement south of Gondor. After the fall of Numenor, the black Numenorians holding great influence with the Haradrim took it over. However, with Sauron's fall at the end of the Second Age by the hands of the Last Alliance, Umbar once again came under Gondorian rule, until a civil war nearly 1,000 years after, when Umbar supported those who opposed the current Gondor rule, and forever after, Umbar was the enemy of Gondor. Umbar held a strong navy, and they became known as the Corsairs of Umbar, who routinely attacked Gondor's coasts, ships, and their merchant vessels. Worst of all was when Sauron openly declared himself in Mordor some years before the events of Lord of the Rings. Umbar allied themselves with him. Thus, when Aragorn warned Echthelion about them, Echthelion listened. Aragorn then led a small naval force to Umbar, catching their navy unaware, and managed to burn many of their ships and kill many of their men, including the captain of Umbar, before he withdrew with minimal losses of his own men. This attack, known as the Surprise Attack on Umbar, would turn out to be of great benefit during the War of the Ring, because the damage against Umbar was so great, the Corsairs were very limited in their offensive attacks during the war. When Aragorn returned with his men, he didn't stay. Aragorn took his leave of Gondor, leaving the name Thorongil behind, and he made his way back towards Rivendell. But first he stopped in Lorien, where he met Arwen once again, and it was here where Arwen pledged herself to him and took upon herself the gift of man, meaning mortality, while Aragorn gave to her his ancestral heirloom, the Ring of Barahir. Yet when returning to Rivendell, Elrond would not grant his permission for this marriage, at least not yet. Aragorn and Arwen's romance shared striking similarity to two characters in the First Age, Beren and Luthien. Beren was a man of the Edain, the forefathers of the Numenorians, who fell in love with Luthien, 
an elf princess. Yet Luthien's father would not give her to Baron unless he fulfilled a seemingly impossible task. He told Baron to bring him one of the Silmarils from the Dark Lord Morgoth's crown. This is mirrored in Aragorn, a man of the Dúnedain whose ancestors were the Edain, and Arwen, the elf, whose father also gives to Aragorn a condition, that he should not be permitted Arwen's hand in marriage unless he should become king of both Gondor and Arnor. After this, Aragorn returns to rule as the chieftain of the Dúnedain for a time. I would also like to mention that Aragorn at one point visited Moria as well as Harad, the land east of Umbar, a place where he says the stars are strange. Though we do not know when or for what reasons. I would surmise he visited Moria right before going to Rohan as Thorongil. Possibly after, but I don't think he would travel there after his engagement to Arwen on their way back to Rivendell and perhaps he ventured to Harad during his time in Gondor as Thorongil. A couple decades later, Gandalf sought out Aragorn and enlisted his help in finding Gollum for news of the One Ring, for he suspected Bilbo's ring he stole from Gollum was actually the One Ring. They both spent about 17 years on and off trying to find Gollum. Aragorn finally was able to track him and capture him in the Dead Marshes north of Mordor. Aragorn retells this tale during the Council of Elrond, which I'll read from. This starts with Gandalf speaking. At once I took my leave of Denethor, but even as I went northward, messages came to me out of Lorien that Aragorn had passed that way, and that he had found the creature called Gollum. Therefore I went first to meet him and hear his tale. Into what deadly perils he had gone alone, I dared not guess. There is little need to tell of them, said Aragorn. If a man must needs walk in sight of the Black Gate, or tread the deadly flowers of Morgul Vale, then perils he will have. I, too, despaired at last, and I began my homeward journey. And then, by fortune, I came suddenly on one I sought, the marks of soft feet beside a muddy pool. But now the trail was fresh and swift, and it led not to Mordor, but away. Along the skirts of the dead marshes I followed it, and then I had him. Lurking by a stagnant mirror, peering in the water as the dark E fell, I caught him, Gollum. He was covered with green slime. He will never love me, I fear, for he bit me, and I was not gentle. Nothing more did I ever get from his mouth than the marks of his teeth. I deemed it the worst part of all my journey, the road back watching him day and night, making him walk before me with a halter on his neck, gagged until he was tamed by lack of drink and food, driving him ever towards Mirkwood. I brought him there at last and gave him to the elves, for we had agreed that this should be done, and I was glad to be rid of his company, for he stank. For my part, I hope never to look upon him again, but Gandalf came and endured long speech with him. After Aragorn left Gollum with Thranduil, he returned to the Dúnedain, and soon the events right before the Lord of the Rings unfolded. Aragorn soon learned of Frodo's plan to leave the Shire with the Ring, knowing now that Gollum told the enemy that the Ring was located in the Shire, though neither Gollum nor Sauron actually knew where the Shire was. Yet Aragorn's rangers informed him that Gandalf was now missing, and that the Nazgûl have been sighted. 
Thus they kept a close watch over the border of the Shire, and waited for Frodo when he was set to leave on his journey. And that is when he finds the hobbits at the Prancing Pony in Bree. Actually, he found them on the outskirts of Tom Bombadil's land, but laid hiding behind a hedge so as not to be seen. As we can see, there's a lot more to Aragorn pre-Lord of the Rings than just being a ranger of the Dúnedain. He was well-traveled, um, having visited nearly most of Middle-earth at one point or another, except maybe the far north where Karn Doom once existed, the far northeast where the Grey Mountains, Erebor, and the Iron Hills stand, and the far east where Rune and Khand lay. Not only was he of the Dúnedain, he was actively their chieftain. For a number of years, he was Thorongil in both Rohan and the Gondor Gondorian armies, and led a devastating attack on Umbar. And he was the one who finally captured Gollum, allowing Gandalf to confirm that Bilbo's ring was indeed the One Ring. As I've said, the movies either briefly touch on his history or neglect to mention it completely. Yet beyond his actions and his whereabouts, the movies actually change a lot about Aragorn's character. In the books, Aragorn takes his ancestry upon himself and does not shy away from his bloodline. He is given the Ring of Barahir and the Shards of Narsil before leaving Rivendell, and he carries them with him. When he first meets Frodo and the Hobbits, he shows them the sword as further proof that he is the one and only Aragorn, as told about in the All That Is Gold Does Not Glitter poem. He also mentions that the time to reforge the sword is almost come. Yet it is not so in the movies. Aragorn shies away from his ancestry and his right to take up the throne of both Gondor and Arnor. He doesn't even have Narsil with him. It is in Rivendell where it seems he left his ancestry. And later, it is by Elrond's decision for the sword to be reforged, long after Aragorn left it behind. He doesn't even reveal his true identity to the hobbits until the Council of Elrond in the movies, and that is only because Legolas mentions it. The point I'm trying to make here is that in the books before the events of Lord of the Rings, Aragorn did indeed lay claim to his ancestry and bore it proudly, but of course in secrecy as was needed. I'd also like to take a second to mention Tolkien's influences when creating Aragorn. There are resemblances to King Arthur from Arthurian legend, but probably more so with the Germanic slash Norse hero Sigurd. Sigurd was a human hero in Norse mythology, who was the son of the hero Sigmund. I won't go far into this myth, but when Sigmund dies, his sword broke, and it was his son Sigurd who later reforged it and used it to slay the dragon Fafnir. Aragorn's character is the true hero archetype, and plays into the monomyth theory, or the hero's journey as it's called, a literary template for any hero in any myth from start to finish. The call to adventure, challenges, revelation, transformation, atonement, and their return. Well, there we have it. Aragorn up to the beginning of the War of the Ring, where his actions are well known. He is chosen as a member of the Fellowship, and upon its breaking, leads the three hunters to rescue Merry and Pippin, until turning aside to Rohan to aid Theoden against Sauron. thereafter journeying to Gondor with Rohan to aid them against Sauron but not first enlisting the help of the dead men of Dunharrow, and defeating the Corsairs of Umbar once again. Then, at last, he leads the armies of Rohan and Gondor to the Black Gate, while the One Ring is ultimately destroyed. 
Thereafter, he immediately is crowned High King Elisar of the reunited kingdoms of Arnor and Gondor, and at last marries Arwen. There are more differences in character between the movies and books during the War of the Ring, but I will not go into that this episode. But perhaps that would make a good future episode or miniseries, discussing the differences between the books and the movies. Not to say that the changes are necessarily bad. I actually think that many of them are necessary, or at least beneficial, to telling the story of The Lord of the Rings through the medium of a movie. What do you think? Do you like Aragorn as the books portray him? The capable, strong, fearless heir of Isildur and chieftain of the Dúnedain? Or as the movies portray him? as a ranger in exile, unsure of his capabilities and of his future. I'll put up a poll in the Discussing Middle-Earth group, and I'd love to open the discussion to anything else you heard about Aragorn today. Next week, we are discussing a, another controversial yet very exciting topic, the Dagor Dagoroth, or the final battle, where Morgoth returns for one final battle against the Valar. Farewell.